Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are staying safe in these streets. I hope you guys are striving and surviving. And I hope that despite the pandemic and the shutdowns that you guys are going to figure out something to do with yourselves for the Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day to all of those individuals who serve the country, who um, you know put themselves on the front lines for our freedoms. But usually, especially in New York City, Memorial Day normally marks the start of summer, the start of turn-up season. So it is a bit interesting how we are <laughs> in lockdown and I mean there are no plans in sight I haven't seen anything and I mean I get it right you know we're in lockdown so there's no barbecues or um, I don't know beach parties or pool parties to go to but I hope that we can be creative enough to figure out something you know I know personally I am looking for some place to get a burger I don't know who has a backyard who's gonna be grilling. I have no problem stopping by to pick up a burger or a hot dog because it Memorial Day cannot just come and go without some sort of barbecue in my system. <laughs> so if you are listening to this show and you plan on barbecuing, please slide up in my DMs at According to RP and let me know your coordinates. I will figure something out. So this past weekend has been pretty interesting. Um, yesterday, I don't know how many of you guys were tuning in to the versus um, battle clash that was going on on Instagram live between Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. I am not Jamaican, but I grew up with a lot of Jamaican people. A lot of my friends are Jamaican. I love Jamaicans. I love their food. I love the music. I love the culture. I love the country. I've been several times. And so I was so happy to see Beanie Man and Bounty Killer last night. So I have, you know, been watching these, you know, verses and battles from the beginning, right? I saw Luda and Nelly. I was there for the Teddy Riley and Babyface fiasco. I saw Jill Scott and Erica Badu and there are a couple of others that were going on. I've dipped in and dipped out. But this was the first, you know, Instagram challenge battle versus or whatever you want to call it that I actually was there from like beginning to end and I was bopping the entire time I think what made this one a little more interesting and more easy to follow was because it wasn't just two artists putting their playlist together right pressing pressing play and maybe ad-libbing here and there you literally had a live show I felt like I was at a live Jamaican concert with Beanie Man and Bounty Killer together in the same room. So I know I was having this conversation with a couple of my friends yesterday who were saying that, you know, 
they had the, I guess, the advantage in a sense because they were able to be in the same room to to do their versus battle as opposed to like a Nelly and Luda and some of the others who had to be, you know, they were social distancing. They were not able to come together. But I think that even if they were together, nothing beats the the drive. Nothing beats the stage performance. Nothing beats the energy, right? Like a dance hall, <laughs> battle a reggae a jamaican reggae set nothing beats that energy so even even though yes they might have had an advantage i still do not see any of these other artists rising to the level of energy that i saw last night so i am looking forward to the next i was telling my girl last night dina that i am waiting for a movado and vibes cartel I feel like a Movado and Vibes cartel, it might not shut it down the way, you know, Beanie and Bounty Killer, but I think it would come very, very close. And we were also talking about Buju. I love Buju. I don't I don't know who, aside from Beanie, I guess Buju would go up against. I know that was a topic of discussion on my friend's live that I joined last night. I would love to see Buju, um, you know, in some sort of battle, but I want to see the Vibes Cartel in Movado. So I don't know if there's a petition. I don't know how we need to make that happen, but I want to see that happen. But either way, (laughs) that was last night's, uh, last night's, um, uh, I guess, I don't know. That was last night's um, entertainment, rather. So today we have a very, very special guest by the name of George Santius. George Santius, as some people might know him as, he's, you know, aside from being my cousin, he is a brilliant entrepreneur, brilliant businessman. He is a licensed um, insurance agent, and he primarily works in the tri-state area. So Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. He's based in Harlem. And so he's going to come on the show and he's going to talk about the importance of insurance, right? What is life insurance? What exactly is life insurance? And how can life insurance help us create generational wealth for our families? And he's also going to talk about the business insurances, right? With everything going on with the pandemic right now, there is a lot, you know, the business owners need to know. Although you guys should have probably had your insurances, you know, in place before the pandemic, It still doesn't hurt to get information and to understand, again, how insurance is supposed to protect you. And it's never too late moving forward to get insurance. So you definitely want to keep it locked to tune in to George as he drops his knowledge on the insurance world. And again, the importance, because right now, especially as black people, we need to do better. Right. Um, A lot of our parents, their insurance policies are us, their kids. You know, they don't have nothing saved in anything because they believe that their children will end up taking care of them. And, you know, that's cute and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, we are moving forward with our lives as well, too. And we have plans and we have children that we want to leave, you know, wealth to and we need to take care of. So definitely, definitely keep it locked to tune into this conversation. But before we get into the meat of the show, you know, we have our preliminaries. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? Pop it on fleek, Jalit. And it's gonna be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Um, 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 um. 
So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is thirst posting. Now, I know that I had a term that might have been similar a couple of weeks back, but I felt that it was necessary to um, bring this term back to life. (laughs) So thirst posting is posting on social media simply to get likes and reacts. Example, this chick be thirst posting. And so... We are living, you know, in some crazy times right now, right? We are living in dire times. We, these individuals, particularly who were used to, you know, getting attention. I mean, the IG models, um, you know, and just regular people who just love to thirst trap in general. But in person, um, they're deprived, right? They're deprived of thirst trapping in person you know they're not able girls are not able to go out really and you know wear scandalous clothes or you know do whatever they need to do like that team too much behavior that not just girls but men do too um to get attention and to get you know likes and and whatnot so right now you know the whole world well not the whole world but the majority of us are behind closed doors we are stuck in our apartments stuck in our homes And we're not seeing each other, right? We're not seeing other people in person. And so social media now um, is just the prime platform for people to thirst post, right? Thirst trap. And what does that actually mean for those of you who have no idea what thirst posting and thirst trapping is? I mean, pretty much if, if you look, if you've paid attention to social media, there are individuals who might never really post certain type of risque pictures that are all of a sudden posting risky pictures. Why? Because they need that attention. You know, DMs need to be lit during this time. People are bored, right? I'm sure Match.com and all these apps are probably at their highest peak in terms of subscribers because people are bored and people want attention, right? At one point in my life, I might not have appreciated, let me not say appreciate, I, I might not have wanted a good morning beautiful text because I know usually when you receive a good morning beautiful text, you are in some sort of rotation, right? That's just a classic sign. However, after, you know, a couple of months of living in dry land, you know, a good morning, beautiful text might actually bring a smile or some sort of chuckle to one's life. Right. Where before that might not have been the case. But how are we getting these good morning, beautiful texts? Right. And how are these gentlemen getting these women sliding up in their DMs? Well, you have to post something to get, you know, attention. I think it might have been a couple of weeks ago. I saw this girl. I don't remember. She's some famous, um, I don't know, IG model or whatever. And she was posting like she literally was doing like a split on the wall. Like her legs were like, I don't know what degrees, you know, I'm not that great in math, but you guys know what I mean. Like, like completely like split against the wall and she was like lathered up in baby oil or some sort of, I don't know if it was some sort of organic shea butter, whatever it was, it was glistening right now. At first glance, you're just like, is that really like, what is this? Like, did you have to put all that baby oil? Did you have to wear the skimpiest thong? And then did you have to show us your your pose, your 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 split against a wall? Like, I mean, it was a clearly a thirst trap, right? Because it wasn't really necessary. I mean, what were you showing us at that moment? You know, you weren't I mean, you weren't showing us downward dog. Like, what was it? 
So that's a classic thirst post. But then you have other individuals who, you know, they 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 take to to the Instagram with, you know, a very, very skimpy outfit. And then when you scroll through their feed, though, you're like, I've never seen these types of pictures before. What is going on here? Well, ladies and gentlemen, these individuals are seeking for attention. It's it's lonely out here in these streets. It's lonely. Actually, actually, we're not even in. The, it's lonely in our apartments. <laughs> we're not even in the streets, at least not in New York City. We're not in the streets yet. It's lonely in the apartments. And so thirst posting is a way to get the attention that you, you know, that you so desperately crave because we're not, you know, young ladies, we're not walking in the streets and hearing, damn, damn, shorty. We're not hearing that anymore. Like, yo, can I get your number? We're not, we, that interaction isn't happening anymore. And so the only way to get it is through thirst posting. So very long explanation, but I'm sure you guys have a very, very good understanding of it now. So <laughs> with that being said, we're going to move on to one of my favorite segments of the show it is now time for the big up of the week so this week's big up of the week goes to this congolese fashion designer by the name of anifa i cannot pronounce the last name i do not want to jack it up um it looks like it might me might be uh Movemba, but either way, her name is Anifa and her brand is Hanifa. And so why is she the big up of the week? Well, I love highlighting women who are doing amazing things, women who are being innovative and creative, particularly in a time like this, right? So she's a contemporary woman's wear designer who broke the internet with her 3D virtual fashion show. And so I don't know what I who whose page I was scrolling the other day and I saw this virtual fashion show and I was like maybe this is just a meme but no it wasn't a meme so Anifa put together a virtual 3D fashion show of her pieces literally walking down a runway nobody was like nobody was wearing it but it was just a clothes as if it was like the hips were swinging, you saw the booty, you saw like, you know, the shape, the contouring, as if somebody was actually in this outfit. But it wasn't. It was a 3D, just the clothes were floating down the runway. And it was just so amazing to see because, I mean, the every... Every industry, every sector has been impacted by COVID-19, by the coronavirus and the fashion world as well, too. You know, fashion shows and whatnot, you know, should be happening right now, should be taking place. And a lot of these designers, that's how they showcase their work. And so she was just like, listen, if we can't be out here in these streets, you know, putting on fashion shows for the world to see, I'm going to find a way for the world to see my work. And she did that. And so... You know, this type of innovation, this level of creativity, you know, is just it's something to be to be, you know, in reverence of it's something to be in awe of. But because it's a black woman, a black woman of African heritage, you know, a, a Congolese woman who came and put this together, I feel like it makes me even more proud to see how our sisters are really taking charge of their lives, their businesses, and they're not letting something like a coronavirus stand in their way. So definitely big up to you, um, Anifa. I look forward to seeing everything else that you do. And a round of applause. 
for our dear sister Hanifa. So now with every high, you guys know that there is a low. And there's a couple of lows this week. And I'm only going to touch on them very briefly because I do want to get into the meat of the show. It's a really great conversation. So the first thing that I've been seeing on social media, it's, of course, Agent Orange, Senor Trump. He's always back at it. You know, it's like we're almost tired of talking about him. But then it's just like we (laughs) we can't be tired of talking about him. Right. So his latest, well, one of his latest things is that he is he's ordering the states to open up the churches. And, you know, many you would think that many people would be thrilled about this because, you know, the house of the Lord is where it's at. Right. However, the house of the Lord is also where it where it's at. Right. Where the corona can live, because with when we're talking about black churches, particularly we are usually piled up into these churches. There's usually like 500 people and the capacity is 200, right? So it's it's a serious like health hazard, a lot of these black churches. And so when you're talking about ordering the states to open up houses of worship, you're essentially calling for the death of black people, right? And so, I mean, I know that there are mixed reviews when it comes to this, but I really feel like, you know, Trump... <sighs> I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know if he's if he's if he's actively trying to kill us off. I don't know if he's just trolling, if he's just trying to 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 keep to keep, you know, being in the trends, if he just wants to be trending on some stupidity. I really I keep saying this. I really wish and I hope that when he does pass that his brain is donated to science because I need to understand this brain of his, right? But either way, my sentiment is this. I believe that the churches should remain closed. Why? Because they are large gathering spots. They need to remain closed until they come up with a plan. Do not reopen until you have a plan, a plan that you know conforms with the CDC, with the WHO. Like there needs to be some sort of plan, an organized plan. What is the seating going to look like? Are we going to have multiple services, meaning an 8 a.m. service? Are we going to have to have a 12 p.m. service? Are we going to have to have, you know, a 4 p.m. service? Like, how are we going to do this? Are we going to have to take reservations? Are we going to have to make sure, hey, are you showing up today because your spot is reserved? Like, we need to really come together and figure out what the actual plan is. Because if we do not plan and we just reopen these churches, we are going to put a lot of lives at risk because there is no cure for this coronavirus. There is no vaccine for this coronavirus. We still are figuring out each day new ways that this virus can be spread. And we know that our elderly, you know, our infirm that that still find a way to show up at church are going to be the ones that are going to be more so affected by this. I mean, I was just talking to a couple of my friends within the Haitian SDA community, and we have churches who have lost like 50 members, 100 members. Like, this is crazy, right? And so now we're talking about let's order the churches to open back up. Trump is not even a churchgoer. He's like, he's not even a man of God. Like, I don't know what type of man he is, but he's certainly not connected like that into the church community because if he was he would not make such statements you know right now a lot of us have gotten used to um worshiping at home and again if he was a man of god he would know that god is everywhere and you could worship him anywhere wherever two or three are gathered or wherever you yourself are gathered you know the presence of the lord is there 
And we have, you know, we have we have adapted to this new way of streaming and having church over the phone. And although, you know, we miss the in-person connection, I know I do, but I'd rather be safe. I'd rather keep my church members safe. I'd rather keep the elderly safe in the church. So, I mean, as for me in my house, we are going to continue to serve the Lord in my living room via stream, via phone call, via Zoom or whatever the case is until there is an actual plan to get back to, you know, somewhat normal. So the other uh, womp womp possibly of the week, I mean, I don't really know if I even want to call this a womp womp because I feel like the womp womp might not actually be Joe Biden, but it might actually be the black people who are making a big deal of this um, on social media. You know, I have these new uh, tricks, so I have to play them when I can. <laughs> but yeah, so Joe Biden, you know, was recently on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, and he made a statement that ruffled a lot of people's feathers, right? Uncle DJ Joe basically was like, listen, if you are going back and forth and if you, you know, are still trying to figure out who to vote for in this upcoming election, then you ain't black. And I and I he actually said you ain't black, but whatever. I know some people were really um, you know, holding on to his uh grammar and his uh twang, saying that he was, you know, talking like a black person. But either way, a lot of people were upset about this. And here's the thing. Here's my 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 quick point before we move on. Um this is, I mean, I don't know. This is like not any different from when Hillary went on the breakfast club talking about she has hot sauce in her purse because, you know, Beyonce had just come out with her song talking about she has hot sauce in her purse. So, you know, Hillary went on the breakfast club and she was also finding ways to appeal to the black community and, you know, appear down. Right. So I don't think it's any different from Joe Biden going on to, you know, the breakfast club with Charlemagne, the God, knowing that he's going to be entertaining a black community, a black audience to, you know, try to have a little swag and pep in his voice. This is what white people do. White people are always trying to find ways to be down. They're always trying to, hey, girl, uh, uh, you know, they're always doing all these things to try to appeal to the black people, not understanding that we don't like that shit. <laughs> we do not like that. I do not appreciate wigger behavior. I don't do, I don't deal with that uh, very well. But the white people, they they think they genuinely think, I believe that they are making strides when they try to, you know, get down to this level or, you know, they try to speak like they have a little, you know, hip hop in their voice or something. I truly believe that that's what Joe Biden's doing. I believe a lot of these white, you know, uh, politicians, they're always finding ways to be down with the brown. And that is exactly what I think he was doing. Now, of course, should he have, you know, said said this better, put this in a, a better a better sentence? Should he have, you know, phrased it better? Of course. But they always, they always should, you know, phrase things better. He's not the only one. The only reason I think he's getting so much uh, backlash and, you know, it's, it's two reasons. One, we live in a country, we live in a society where people like to um, they like to get on bandwagons, right? Half of these people who are making these comments probably barely know who Joe Biden is. They don't know what his platform is. They don't know how he's, you know, relating to the back black community. They just saw this one post and the fact that he's white and they're like, oh, how dare he come out and say things about black community and tell us who's black. 
he has no right to say who's black and who's not black. I get that part in general. However, like, let, like, come on. You know what? There are so many other things that you can, you know, that you can jump on the bandwagon. This is not it, people. This is really not it. And the other thing is this. Um, so, I mean, again, he could have found a better way to say it. But what he's saying is not actually wrong. I am a Democrat. I'm a registered Democrat, you know, but I am more of a middle of the road individual, meaning there are some Republican policies that I do, you know, subscribe to. Why is that? Well, I am a child of a Caribbean parent. And if you really look at it, a lot of our Caribbean parents, a lot of our Caribbean heritage and background have a lot of principles and morals and beliefs that are in that are in alignment with the Republican Party, if you really look at it. But that's another conversation. So I'm more of a middle of the road. Does it make sense? But I'm a registered Democrat. And right now, the only two options for us black people living in America is Senor Trump or Joe Biden. Now, is this to say that Joe Biden is going to be the savior for black people and he's going to be the best president? He's going to make all these rules and, and all these things in favor of the black people? Of course not. Of course not. Even Obama couldn't do all that. Right. But I think that if we're talking about, you know, voting in somebody who might uh, have a little bit of, you know, compassion for black people or who might at least operate in a way that's night that's not psychotic. I think Joe Biden might be it. So I think when he says things like, um, you know, if you don't vote, if you don't vote for me or if you're you know, wondering who to vote for still, then you're not a black person. I think he's really appeal. He's trying to at least appeal to the fact that as black people, we are going through so much in this country and this president who is here ruling around and and. And, you know, running things is not is not working in our favor at all. Like nothing about what he does is working for us. And again, I'm not saying that Joe Biden is going to swoop in and save the day altogether. But I think that we might have a little more chance um, under a Biden regime than a senior Trump regime. So I think that that's really where we need to focus. I think that, you know, with everything going on, we are being very distracted. You know, our our eyes are off the prize. And I think that this comment that he made at the end of his um, interview with Charlemagne the God should not be the focal point. Like we should not now be, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that and go off about Joe Biden. Are you voting for him or are you voting for Senor Trump? That's really what it is. You don't have to 100% like Joe Biden. To be very honest, he was not my candidate of choice, but he's a Democrat. And with the way things are going right now, I would rather vote for him than vote for Trump. That's just my two cents. So, I mean, I feel like I'm, the womp womp of the week might really be all of y'all who are out there really just trying to make this 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 thing a way bigger issue than it is and really steering off course we need to get back on course guys this is not this this right here should not be occupying so much of our time where we're writing whole op-eds and we you know we've dedicated five instagram posts to this this is ridiculous particularly since half of y'all don't are not even really into politics like that and y'all just doing it because it's what's trending right now either way i digress it is now time for the meat of the show all right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest and dear cousin, <laughs> George Santayus. George, say hello. Hello, 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 everyone. <laughs> 
So, George, thank you for taking the time to be on the According to RP platform and to share your expertise of the insurance world. Absolutely. <laughs> so, can you start off by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Uh, my name is George Santius. Uh, I am a licensed insurance agent uh, across the tri-state, Connecticut, New Jersey, and of course, New York City. Uh, I help small to mid-sized businesses protect their assets or investments by connecting them with the right insurance product. Uh, I service mostly small to mid-sized businesses. However, I do have a personal lines department that services individuals in terms of home auto insurance. And of course, uh, especially the most important thing right now, your life insurance. Uh, so I, uh, from the, in the business side, uh, focus on a couple of different products uh, relating to uh, navigating your, your business insurance needs, such as uh, loss uh, loss analyst cover, um, loss analyst reporting, um, employee benefits, loss control reporting, um, surety bonds, uh, fixed annuities. We, we we have products associated with that. Uh, key man, key person life insurance products, and uh, of course, um, we have various different annuity products. Um, that uh, we could offer for uh, business owners. So uh, some of these we'll get into a little later in the conversation, but for the most part, we have a wide range of expertise um, with various different brokers and brokerages that's, that provide um, these, uh, these services and, and products. Okay, great. So I know you talked about you know individual uh, insurance and you talked about uh, business insurance. So I want to start off with, I wouldn't say it's the easiest, but I'm sure we'll get more into the complexities of the business world. So I want to start off with individual insurance. So at this time, during you know everything that's going on right now, um, you mentioned something that I made a note of, life insurance, right? A lot of people, particularly in our age group, don't necessarily see the need for life insurance. There's like this misconception that only when you're old, you need life insurance. So could you just talk a little bit about um, the importance of life insurance in general, and maybe particularly why now during this, you know, crisis, it's important. It would be important for somebody to get life insurance. Uh, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, Rita, um, I wanted to really commend you on bringing someone like me um, to the, your uh, podcast series. Uh, obviously, our industry is there's a lot of misconceptions. And also, people see the industry as being very, um, very dry and boring yeah. and very morbid um, because it deals with things that, you know, folks um, don't want to necessarily talk about, right? Mm. Um, but I always say the worst policy you could have is not having a policy, right? Mm. Um, actually, hey, what's the best policy you could have, right? The best policy is, of course, you having a policy, right? In term, as it relates to specific life insurance. And then I always like to remind folks that... Um, one of the biggest ways that uh, our, you know, Caucasian counterparts um, really transfer generational wealth is through a life insurance um, strategy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we, as uh, you know, as African Americans and, and, and specifically Caribbean Amer- Caribbean uh, Americans, uh, we have the misconception that our kids is going to take care of us. Um, we don't necessarily need to have uh, life insurance <laughs> or anything like that, and, 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 and we don't understand why um, and, you know the value for money, right? Why investing um, the, you know a couple dollars a month uh, uh, in in a policy that you know that there's no benefit until you die, which is a wrong misconception, right? Um, first and foremost, 
let me just um, you know take a back step, right? Um, there's nothing. There's you know there is there isn't anything uh, in terms of products out there that you could pay you know maybe twenty to forty dollars a, a month mm-hmm. and, and and guarantee that after a certain period of time, if God forbid something would happen to you. Um, you are, you, your family is going to be taken care of, right? You, you, your um, kids are going to be able to attend colleges of their choice. Um, your mortgage is going to be paid for, uh, and any final expenses that you have in your life, um, you, you, you don't burden your family to take care of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is what the life insurance policy provides after death, right? Um, you know, obviously it's just a transfer of, uh, of, of, of the risk of you potentially, um, putting your your family into a uh, a, a position of um, discomfort and of of course a uh, position of um, you know always trying to always being uh, in the back in in the position of them trying to catch up right mm-hmm. um, so that's what life insurance does uh, overall we all understand that we all understand that life insurance is a death benefit uh, and that's what that's what we pay premium for. But I, the way I always like to remind folks is that, you know, they should consider uh, using a life insurance policy, uh, not only as a death benefit, but also as a supplement to their retirement, okay. uh, also as an emergency fund, right? And how does that look, right? Uh, we have this, uh, this policy called index universal life insurance policies, right? Um, and their, their cash value accumulation, right? What does that mean? That means that you're paying while you're paying into your premium into a a, a whole uh, a whole life insurance policy or you know, a universal life insurance policy. Sorry, um, you also get the benefit of it having the ability to also create cash value. All right. While so you're let's, alive. While you're alive, let's let's hold that thought for a second, right? I'll, I'll get back to that. But let's also understand the different types of life insurance policies, right? Uh, you have your term life insurance policies, right? And then you have your whole life insurance policy, which is a permanent policy. Think about it as such. Think about it as in one one policy type you're renting, another policy type you're owning, right? Okay. So a term policy, you have 10, 20, 30-year term policies. Pretty much what that says is that um, you're, you're, you're paying into uh, a policy for 10 years, um, and within that 10 years, if anything were to happen to you, um, of course, based on what death benefit you agreed on uh, in the application, um, this is what your your beneficiaries would get, right? And certain term policies, depending on which company, they offer you the opportunity to transfer that policy into a permanent uh, policy, uh, right? Where what what a permanent policy, or in other words, a whole life insurance policy does, is um, it allows you to have. Uh, whenever, God forbid, something would happen to your family member or the person that that's that's, that's the named insured, um, there's going to be a payout of what the, the death benefit is, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no term, there's no there's no stopping point, pretty much. So you set you have the policy. Um, I'm 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 38 now, or well, about to be 38. Uh, if I if I decide to get a, per, a permanent policy, um, you know, I'm pretty pretty much covered. 10, 20, 30 years from now, uh, there's no, there's no, there's no cutoff, right? Okay. So um, the term policy, there's a cutoff, right? So you're paying into a policy, although um, the, 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 the term policy is 10, 20, 30 years, uh, depending on the carrier, you have an opportunity to, t- to, to, to capture your, 
age, right? Your your and your health status uh, as it is now in order to for you to convert to a permanent policy. And why is that important, right? Okay, so it, it, uh, life insurance is one of those products that increase in in it, it cost increases over time. Meaning the high, the, the the older you get, the more expensive it gets, right? Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Because, of course, uh, you know, there's some very smart and savvy people that kind of understand when a particular person is going to die, right? You know, so they, they sort of adjust their premium for that. So a 70-year-old person, of course, is going to pay way more money for a policy than a 30-year-old, you know, because the life expectancy of 70-year-olds is, is, is getting shorter and shorter by the day. And so with that understanding, if you lock in uh, a term policy at a, a, at a reasonable age, um, and lock in your health status at that age, when you go into convert into a permanent policy, um, they're, they're going to consider what that, what that age is. Right. Um, and you know, so they will rate you for that, that younger person, uh, as opposed to rating you for that older person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very important when it comes to just, you know, really just, um, planning and strategizing your plan and as it relates to uh, your life insurance policy. Now, uh, as you look at the term policy, uh, keep in mind, not every term is convertible, right? So you keep that very, keep that very much in mind because um, so, you know, some, some term policies, a pure term policy that says you, you pay us for 10 years and this is how much you'll, uh, this is how much we, we guarantee within those 10 years your, your beneficiaries would get. Um, you know, and, and then there, there, there is some term, term policies that are convertible. Now, um, one of the, 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 the benefits of a term policy and the reason why you would go with a term policy because a term policy allows you to get a, a bigger death benefit, right? I have a very close friend of mine that we just secured him a million-dollar term policy for a very, very, very reasonable price um, based on his age, right? He's, about, he's my age. No, actually, he's about 40. He's about 40, and it was less than $100, right, for, for a, a million-dollar term, term policy. Um, and so for a million-dollar a uh, whole life insurance policy or a permanent policy is going to be significantly more expensive. Significantly, you're talking about in the three to four hundred dollar ranges, depending on his health, right? So, one the the biggest factors in in, in a in a life insurance policy is, of course, um, the your health status and your age, right? Those are the two biggest factors that you got to consider. So, uh, a term policy allows you to get uh, just a bigger uh, death benefit, right? Which is the the amount that is paid off uh, um, at, uh, after someone passes away. Um, this, this, this amount is paid off to their beneficiaries. Okay. And, and speaking of beneficiaries, just wanted to add, you have a, you know, flexibility in who you, to, who you want your beneficiaries to be. Uh, and then also you have the flexibility in terms of uh, the amount you want each beneficiary to, to, to get. Right. Uh, so keep that in mind. So now we talked about the term policy. So, mm-hmm. you know, any questions on that, Rita, any, any quick, any questions that you have on that? No, I think that, I mean, I, what I want to do is I want to get, get through some of this information and then, you know, provide a, an opportunity for people to either email you or, you know, find out more from you about, you know, these okay. things if they want to have, if they have any, you know, further, you know, questions. But I think just having a, 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 a understanding the way you're breaking it down, I think is good to at least give people a basis. Okay. So then I just want to end it with just, just really explaining the permanent policy, right? Yeah. So the permanent life policy, obviously we, we spoke about the fact that it's, it, it doesn't matter when the, the Avenger pass away, uh, it'll pay out. Right. Um, but one of the things you want to, we want to consider is how to do you leverage a, a permanent policy for the, the time period now? Right. So you, we talked about an index universal life insurance policy, which is a policy that you pay in 
you, it guarantees you a death benefit, but it also is an opportunity for you to save money tax-free. So mm-hmm. your money increases in, um, and, and, and your money increases in value based on what market, what index you align that, that cash value to, right? So we oftentimes use the, ind- uh, the S&P 500 to align the interest rate uh, for your cash value to either grow uh, or remain the same. What I mean, what I mean by that, it, there is a zero bottom uh, um, in, uh, interest that 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 some that most of our policies set up as where 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 you are you know you won't lose your money. It won't be a situation where even if the S and P goes under a negative amount, uh, you're, you, you we cap uh, or we block um, your interest rate at zero percent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I could get more detail the, the the discussion into how does that index work in terms of the the the, the increase in your cash value in your account. But, but, but the main thing that we need to, to understand here is that you're not only paying for, as when you get these type of policies, you're not only paying for a guaranteed death benefit, right? But you're also paying for a, a, a sort of a, a savings account. You're putting money aside into a sort of a savings account that is, that is int- increasing in value cash-free, right? Yeah. So at, in 20 years from when you've, been, when, when you've been paying this and you want to take that money out, um, you, have, you could take that money out cash-free. Right. And additionally, some of these policies of, of, of provide you loan options. Right. You could borrow against your life insurance policy. It, it, this is great for when, 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 especially in times like this, where you see the COVID-19 ravaging our community, people's savings are getting demolished. Right. Yeah. So you could have a life insurance policy. So long as you've been paying it on a consistent basis, you could actually borrow against it. Um, you could, you know, if you have cash value, you could take the cash value out tax free and then put it back later or whatever, whatever it is, whatever you want to do. But that's just an extra savings account for you um, that, that that has multiple benefits. And then finally, I want to add that when you have a permanent policy, you also have the opportunity to add riders, right? What riders mean mean is this uh, a additional options that you could add to your policy. One of the biggest uh, biggest riders that we we try to ensure recommend to all our clients is the long term care. Um, disability rider, right? Uh, a disability policy um, uh, is very expensive on a standalone basis. So if you go out there and say, hey, George, I want, I'm, I'm a, um, let's say I'm a, I'm a physician, right? And uh, I, you know, if I, if I get disabled, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to potentially lose hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, per year. Um, that policy tends to be very, very expensive, right? In order to guarantee you that that that, that replacement of income because of a dis- disability situation. So we could add a component of a disability policy in your uh, permanent life insurance policy in the form of a rider. What that says is that um, if you have a situation of disabled or you have a long-term care need um, uh, or, you, or you have a critical illness, um, you have the ability to start taking out of, uh, you, you take it out from your death benefit, um, uh, taking down your death benefit through forms of of yearly payments or monthly payments, depending on how you set up the policy. Um, this is very, very, this is a, this is a big factor for a, a permanent policy because you have about four different things that are the policy is doing for you. And just one, by paying one pre one single premium. Right. And so people need to understand that because um, people often think that life insurance policies are uh, policies that you know kick in after death, but you need to understand that you can leverage your life insurance policy for your needs right now. And as as an entrepreneur, you know I, I focus a lot on small businesses, and, and this is the type of advice that I'm, I'm giving them. 
you know, we need to, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily uh, put money away for our retirement as business owners. And so having this type, this type of setup allows you to put money uh, away for your retirement. And, uh, and if you set it up the right way, that you could actually stop paying your policy during retirement and the policy starts paying for you, right? Pay, just paying you. Um, so that becomes very beneficial, right? You not only you have your, you know, if you have a four hundred one k plan or or a, um, a deferred compensation plan in place, you get that that money. You get, you know, hopefully, I don't know if Social Security is still going to be around, but yeah. when <laughs> you get older, but you have Social Security and maybe you have some you know, some assets that you sold around the years that you you know you could start using in your retirement. But you have this fourth piece, which is your life insurance piece, um, that you could that 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 guarantees you a certain amount of money. Um, per month based on how you set it up. Uh, and then uh, of course, you know, we have other, we have annuity products that we could talk about too, but that's probably another conversation. So all in all, you know, I, you know I'm sorry, Reed, I went too, so deep into oh, this. Is, this is actually really good because you know what? I mean, I've, I've um, had, to, I've taken out life insurance um, privately because a lot of people are used to, you know, certain, certain jobs will give you the opportunity to get life insurance, I guess, through the job. But I, uh, several mm-hmm. years ago, I had gotten my private um, life insurance and I didn't even really know half of the things that you just explained now, the fact that it could really be seen as like a line of credit, almost a savings account. In my mind, I was just like, I'm just putting money away so that when I die, my son will get money. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I want to add regarding that, a lot of people say, hey, I already have life insurance. I have it through my job. But if you decide to leave the job, what happens in that case, right? You, most of, sometimes you will lose your life insurance policy, right? And that transition of leaving that job. Some companies allow you to transfer. Some companies allow you to, to buy back, buy the buy the life insurance policy from them. But at the end of the day, um, the, the 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 fact that you're getting older, and if you decide to leave a job, you're losing your life insurance policy, meaning that you got to start all over again. That's a big deal. Meaning that now you're in a bracket where your life insurance policy becomes much more expensive. So you got to keep that in mind. So I always recommend folks consider understanding their needs um, uh, in terms of what they, you know, what their family needs at the, that certain time. Right. You know, so, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, you, you have a, a, a secure job, you know, you have maybe two or three kids and you have a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. At that time, as you know, you have to make sure you have enough coverage. So you have to make sure your combined life insurance policies fit that need right now. So of course, you know, the 20, 30 years from that, that time period when kids go, go have graduated from college, kids on their own, mortgage is paid for. Of course, you won't need uh, that, that much of life insurance policy. You, you know, you probably need final expenses and, and that's when you can adjust. So a life insurance policy is ever adjusting, but for the most part, the, the longer you wait to get a policy uh, uh, outside of your, um, you know, your current job spot, your job uh, um, life insurance um, group life insurance policy, um, the, the more expensive it becomes. So just keep that in mind. I think that's really important that, that you emphasize that, be, um, especially the fact that, you know, the longer we wait, the, the more expensive it will be. And I think even, you know, the harder it might become to actually a, a, obtain it because, you know, when I was, when I was doing my life insurance, like I had, you know, the adjusters or whoever they were came to the house, put me on a scale, you know, they were making sure that my blood pressure was fine and that I didn't have any pre, you know, pre-existing um, conditions and whatnot. And so I feel like the older we get, you know, some of us, you know, can develop ailments, become sick and I don't know, maybe not qualify. Is that, is that a thing still that people might not qualify for life insurance? Oh yes, yes, yes. There is specific diseases that are excluded. Um, um, but it's, it's, it's per carrier. I mean, some carriers definitely, um, 
you know, some of the most, uh, you know, your most intense uh, uh, illnesses, um, there is a policy for it, but it, be, it just becomes expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends on that cost benefit, like, you know, how, how much you want to pay for the policy, right? Or how much you can, can you? Um, but one of the things I wanted to um, just touch on, you know, based on what you, what you just mentioned, is the underwriting factor that happens with a life insurance policy, right? A couple of things you need to consider, right? You can't uh, go to a life insurance company and say you want a million dollar life insurance policy. <laughs> you only make a certain, like, you know, maybe $24,000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to be reasonable here, right? So, you know, there, there is an income um, justification that they, 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 they look at, you know what I'm saying, as it relates to um, your income and things like that, your ability to pay for the life insurance policy. And then finally, your health, right? Your health is very, very important when it comes to uh, uh, navigating uh, the underwriting process with a life insurance policy. But the good thing right now, amongst the COVID-19 um, epidemic, we have seen uh, life insurance policy companies remove some products off their, ch- their shelves, but also uh, make exceptions to certain policies on their shelves, um, you know, b- based on the, the, the fact that um, uh, medical examiners can't call, go to people's homes and do medical underwriting, right? And so they opt to do those through ve- di- other different means, or some of them are just, you know, the, uh, are removing the medical underwriting piece that uh, in certain policies. I mean, not, this is not all policies, um, but it's, it's certain policies. So this is this is, has been most of the, 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 the this has actually been the most busiest time for me as it relates to not only people really concerned about you know actually pe- their, their you know the the, the the possibility of death right you know not only from COVID nineteen but just death in general it it, it, it highlight the, the the fact that you know. It's only two things that we're guaranteed in life, right? Death and taxes, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so people have, have been looking at life insurance as a way to ensure that um, you know they are, they, they are, are, are properly leveraged and you know they, they properly plan their estate uh, you know, in, in the case of death. So, so at, uh, because of the COVID nineteen situation, we've seen, of course, uh, a, a opportunity for folks to secure life insurance policy because of some of the 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 removal of some some restrictions around um, medical underwriting that occurs with life insurance policies, right? So keep that in mind. So this might be a good time then for those individuals who, you know, had not gotten a policy before to maybe go out and get one now. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now I wanted to then switch off onto the I guess the business side of things. So you know, in terms of the you know the individual person, the you know we talked about the importance of life insurance. We talked about you know how life insurance really works because I think a lot of people just really don't understand how life insurance works and why it's important. But I know that a lot of individuals who follow this podcast are entrepreneurs. They have small to mid-sized businesses. And, you know, with everything going on right now with this pandemic, there's just a lot of uncertainty. A lot of people just don't understand what's going on. A lot of business owners have no idea what... Um, to do, you know, with respect to their businesses, they might not have had proper insurances put in place. So I want you to talk a little bit about the um, the insurances, I guess, that are available to small to um, small to mid size uh, businesses, as well as you know what insurances that you know should small and mid size businesses have in place, regardless of tragedy. But also maybe go into what insurances might still be available to businesses who are currently, you know, experiencing some hardship with, um, 
with, you know, with COVID? Like, is it too late to sign up for any insurances right now? So, <laughs> Rita, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I could really get real detailed in this, but one of the, one of the overlining things that I want to make sure is you understand is that if you have a fire in your home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, you know, if you get insurance to cover, if you currently have a fire, do you think if you get insurance to, to cover that, do you think they'll, 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 they'll include that fire as a, as, as a, uh, a, a reason to start paying you out? No, of course not. But in terms of, you know, I'm sure that there's, there's maybe different types of insurances that, you know, that, cause you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have like a brick and mortar or any type, anything like that. So I'm not actually familiar with what types of insurances outside of, you know, fire coverage and slip and falls and things Absolutely. like that might be available. But, you know, somebody might, you know, cause I, I've heard it. This is why I'm asking, you know, some, people who are like, you know, I wonder if it's, if it's too late to like, you know, maybe sign up for something now. And I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what's available. So, um, you know, I'm glad that you made that, that, um, analogy because as soon as you said it, I'm like, well, that sounds dumb. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. No, no, but I'm saying I'm listening to it and I'm like, that is true though. Like, why, why would I, you know, (laughs) when you put it, when you put it in simple terms like that, it makes a lot of sense. Right, right, right. So we, we understand that business insurance is a coverage that protects your small business from financial damages that can result from property damage, accidents, professional error, workers' compensation claims, mm-hmm. loss of key employees, and, and, and other situations. Yeah. Right? Having uh, accurate coverage is critical in uh, minimizing the impact of claims against your, your business, right? So we understand that is just a transfer of, of business risk to an insurance carrier, right? You know, you as a CEO, an entrepreneur, you just want to operate your business. You don't want to, you know, worry about people coming in your store and slipping and falling and, you know, who, who what lawyers to hire and, you know, how to negotiate with these people. And you don't want to deal with that. You just want to operate your business, right, uh, in the normal way. And so this is what business insurance comes in. It's a contract with you and your, your, the insurance company, right? And so uh, in the insurance world, um, we often, um, you often hear this, this, this three-letter acronym um, called BOP, right, which stands for Business Owner's Policy, which is a package policy uh, specifically um, customized per business, right? Mm-hmm. But most of them include uh, at least this one thing, which is general liability, right? Um, some of them include general liability and property coverage, right? And which we'll get into. But for the most part, general liability on, on every single business, well, actually, let me take that back. In most bot policies, right, uh, they have a general liability, which is just uh, the most common type of business insurance. It covers, um, covers some of the most basic needs that are shared amongst all types of businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So like, think about your slip and falls. Uh, if you, if you uh, an act of your business um, does something and somebody decides to you know, bring you up in a suit, um, you, um, you know, you're, you're, you're operating your business and somehow you damage the next door neighbor's build, build, uh, business um, and they decide to sue you, that's your general liability situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, uh, outside of a bot policy, you have workers' compensation, right? Workers' compensation, of course, this is a mandatory insurance policy for everybody that's doing a business, right, in New York City that has employees. What, it, what workers' compensation does, it, it really, the reason it was created is really for, for you as a business owner to remove, to, 
to remove the back and forth that you would have with an employee in terms of who's right, who's wrong, and workers in, in, a, in a situation where an employee gets gets injured and brings a lawsuit to you as the um, CEO or, or, or manager of a, of, of a business. Yeah. So uh, back in the days, of course, um, these suits were rampant where people were clogging up uh, the court. And, and so um, New York State and you know, various other city, uh, states had to step in and say, okay, we need to create uh, a, a mandatory sort of insurance um, uh, understanding where um, they would handle um, payouts, they would handle um, compensating employees uh, for different uh, uh, suits, and, and they would also handle the legal ratifications in order to declutter the court systems, right? You understand that, right, as a mm-hmm. attorney. And so, and so, workers' compensation is is is, is a mandated program, um, and and if you have an employee uh, situation as a business owner, uh, as far as with, with workers' compensation, there's also disability um, insurance as well that goes hand to hand. Some states don't require disability and workers' compensation. Well. They don't require disability as, as a mandatory part of a workers' compensation uh, situation. Uh, mm-hmm. But New York State is one of those states that require both workers' compensation and disability. And then you have, um, and, I, and I'm just going through three of the main core lines of insurance for business owners that they need to have. I'm not, I'm not even going to discuss the different optional coverages, but for the most part, um, general liability, workers' compensation, and then you have professional liability. So Professional liability is also known as errors and omissions, right? You as an attorney, you have that, right, Rita? You have professional liability insurance, do you? Not me personally, because I've, I'm covered under my businesses. Oh, yeah, yep, 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 right. So if you were operating um, uh, you know, outside of a employee employer situation, uh, you, were, you would have your own uh, errors or omissions, which yeah. is... Uh, Not insurance. Yes, a policy that is meant to protect professionals in the workplace, uh, any profession that's providing expert advice uh, and that they're, that, they're, that they're giving to their clients, um, you want to make sure if you, God forbid, give the wrong advice and clients lose thousands and thousands of dollars, um, this, you know, your professional liability or some sort of policy would kick in to help you pay for um, that claim that the, the client would, would come after you for. Um, this is, you know, more oftentimes these are not included in a general liability policy. So, you know, you, if you, if you're a professional giving expert advice, you need to make sure you have that. That's very, very, very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the, the, the main three that, uh, you know, that business owners need to have. Uh, now, I just want to quickly highlight though, um, especially as we relate to the current pandemic that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is um, many additional uh, other types of business insurance that you could either include in a BOP policy. Remember, I spoke about the BOP policy, um, uh, or you could include, or it could be its own standalone policy, depending on your business. Right? Mm. Uh, one of them is called business interruption insurance, uh, and there's, there's a reason I want to bring that up. Right? Okay. So, and the reason I want to bring that up is because of, of the many, many, many questions I, I've gotten from my clients. And mind you, my clients are, you know, they range from your um, small mom, mom and pop uh, retail stores to big IT infrastructures, online platforms, big, big restaurants in the city, um, big bars and restaurants in the city, various different ones. You know, you have attorneys, lawyers, every, everybody, medical professionals. We have many medical uh, offices that we in, in, insure. So, um, you know, obviously many of them are suffering from the fact that they cannot operate their business due to um, the COVID-19 epidemic that's going on and government forcing 
uh, them to uh, shut down their stores, mm-hmm. right? And so um, there is a component of business owners policies that's called business interruption insurance. And unfortunately, you know, I know this is not good news right now, but they specifically exclude most of them, uh, if not all of the all of the ones I deal with, uh, specifically exclude uh, viral pandemics. Right? Oh wow! Uh, after, after the SARS and Ebola crisis, insurance companies put an exclusion within uh, their business owners um, standard business owners um, policies um, to exclude viral related uh, claims as it relates to business interruption income. Right? So. Business interruption insurance is a, is, a, is a special insurance policy that covers your business to the extent that there is a, a situation that occurs where you cannot generate business income. You know, think, of, think of it as, a, let's say a fire happens, right? Your business is shut down. Yeah. Of course, your, your, your clients you know, that, that, are, that normally um, come to your, your store cannot buy products. So you know, if they cannot buy products, you not, you, your income is affected, right? So um, a business in, a business income um, uh, uh, policy would kick in, right? It would say, okay, uh, until your business is, is, is until we um, fix up your business, uh, we would pay you a certain amount, you know, based on you know what you re- what you reported in the application in the beginning. Um, to they will pay you a certain amount in order to get you back into you know um, uh, into good, good, good standings again in, in order to get you whole again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the business income um, policy, could you know there's very different components to it. You know they could cover um, uh, they could give you more money in situations where let's say if a, a situation a fire or some sort of physical loss right physical damage right um, and, and that's a very important physical loss of property right that's when a uh, amongst one of one of the key fa- uh, key um, things that have to happen in order for the business income uh, policy to kick in, one of the key things is direct physical loss of property, right? So, think of if a fire were to happen, is a direct physical loss to your to to your business property um, while they're fixing it. You know, they, this income uh, they're, they're 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 giving you, and depending on your business, some businesses operate in seasonal, right? So, certain seasons they make more money, right? And so. Uh, if you write the policy, and you know you as an agent, me as an agent, if I write the policy as such, saying that this is a seasonal business, and they uh, in the summertime they make most of their, they make sixty percent of their money at that summer, um, the business income um, policy would kick in and give you a more than if a, a, that claim would were to happen um, in a winter time when you make less of your money. You know, it, like I said, it, it could be written. Uh, um, in various different ways, right? So with insurance, every contract is different, right? But I mean, in terms of um, how uh, the options and, and, and endorsements in your policies are in, but uh, overall, based on the industry, most most coverages are the same and per- pertaining to your different your type of business, right? So if you operate a me- restaurant, there's certain things that you need to have in a restaurant policy, right? But in terms of the limits and 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 endorsements. You could decide to take, remove it, or keep it, or adjust it. That's why you need to work with an insurance agent who understands these special additions and the optional coverages. Um, they, they could probably advise you on what you need, what you don't need, and then you know you come up with a, a, a middle ground that makes sense for the business you're operating. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know that one. Of, that's one of the optional coverages: business income and business interruption coverage. Is something. Uh, that we, you know, you as a business owner must, 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 depending on your business, must include, right? 
uh, you know, and, you know, fortunately, as I want to reiterate, a COVID nineteen related uh, illnesses are not covered under, under business income. And you know, we, we, let, let's take a let's put some things in perspective as to why not, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I know, no, I know, and I know your listeners, um, you know, is, is, are going to be like, oh, I mean, I'm paying all this money, uh, and then I know, I, I thought, I, you know, that COVID nineteen related issues uh, would would be covered as, as part of business income, business interruption coverage. Mm-hmm. But let's put things into perspective. Uh, you know, with this this economic uh, and and this health um, uh, p- crisis that we're in, insurance companies, like many many other insurance uh, uh, industries, are heavily heavily impacted. Right? Um, there is heavy. There's there's very very much so many many um, uh, payouts being made uh, across the the the, the world, uh, especially across the United States, specifically. Um, relating to just business insurance policies in general. Um, there is such thing as pandemic insurance where, um, you know, things like COVID-19 if, if it would, would be one of those things that we covered under pandemic, pandemic insurance. Now, obviously, pandemic insurance going forward, uh, depending on which one you sign up for, may or may not be included as a, as a, a covered, covered, covered cause of loss, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we have to understand in terms of, you know, if you look at ca- uh, va- cash value for, for um, uh, cash value on what you're paying, right? Uh, you know, according to the industry, uh, I believe about 75%, about 70 cents on the dollar is paid out to claims around business income interruption, um, you know, based on uh, the standard, uh, uh, standard form application, standard, um, policy forms right okay. so you could you could you could see that there is a lot of you know as people are paying there's a lot of claims that are being paid out so um in, in standard insurance policies um that business income uh piece is is actually very beneficial across the board um to many people as they pay their premiums but but as it relates to uh, COVID 19 um you know one of the reasons that this this policy this um these policies specifically exclude COVID-19 related viral pandemics is because there's really no end date, right? So normally how things work with the insurance industry as it relates to things that they cover, they understand that geographically, right? We, as the insurance companies understand geographically, you know, this particular area is prone to, only this area, right? A specific area is prone to a certain kind of, you know, let's say tornado, a certain kind of, certain kind of, uh, 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 you know, weather-related damages for a certain time, for a certain period of time, right? So we know that, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last forever, right? You know, as it relates, as it relates to what they they cover. So geography and the the time period, right? They 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 have a control of that. They understand, so they they're able to properly price for that. With COVID nineteen related or, or really like um, viral viral pandemics like this. Um, first of all, I mean the insurance companies uh, knew about COVID nineteen, but they didn't necessarily um, uh, they didn't. So, so they knew about COVID nineteen, whereas some of them actually specifically named COVID nineteen and excluded. It, mm-hmm. Whereas others just named um, uh, it's 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 sort of I guess brother and sister disease um, uh, viruses, um, and some of them just named the whole gamut like virals, viral viral uh, pandemics or any viral pandemics is excluded, right? Mm. And the reason that is is because they don't know when 
how long, if, if this pandemic happens, how long they would have to continue pay, pay, making payouts, right? Yeah. There's no end period. So you cannot, you cannot um, properly price a, uh, a, a cover, a, a cause of loss when you don't know when that cause of cause of loss is going to, it's going to stop. Right. And to, so we don't, we don't have, a, you know, right, as it stands right now, we don't have a, a virus or uh, sorry, a, um, a uh, vaccination for the virus. Right. We don't have that in place right now. So we don't know when is this, when things are going to get back to normal. Um, and so insurance companies, um, you know, very savvy and very smart and, 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 and decided to um, for the most part exclude that. But that doesn't mean that there's no policies that, that, that would cover that. Yes, there were, there were policies out there that um, risk managers and, and, and large companies and, and various different companies would, uh, should have took advantage of. You know, specifically, Marsh has a, 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 a policy that was very good. It's a pathogen, uh, I believe it was, it's called, um, uh, let me think about it. It's called um, Pathogen RX. That's what it was. Pathogen RX. That, that was a policy that would specifically help folks navigate this pandemic and make a payout um, right now, right? You know, uh, you know, as people are losing money and can't operate their business, right? So, so um, one of the things we spoke about, um, Rita, was the hotel and hospitality industry, right? We talked about how they're hurting right now. However, they, some of those entertainment, hotel, hospitality um, uh, uh, industry folks, they have a form of pandemic insurance that should have kicked in based on this pandemic. It's really a form of like a, more of like a security product than, a, than an insurance product. It's a combination of the, those two where it operates where um, it says that if you have a, a, situ, a, a instance in time where your uh, your hotel occupancies or um, or your ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera, uh, goes underneath a certain amount, then a trigger would happen and you would, you, 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 there would be an income replacement payment made out, right? Okay. So that's a form of pandemic insurance. So, you know, so this, these things always existed, um, but it's like, did, did folks take advantage of it? Um, and based on, you know, on things that I've been reading, um, a, a very, very high percentage of, of companies did not take advantage of it. And I, of course, there was some litigation going on in, 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 in certain cases where, you know, pandemic, uh, the, the people that had pandemic insurance um, you know, there is, uh, claims that's out there for companies, not insurance companies, not necessarily covering it based mm-hmm. on you know, various different contract language. Right. But of course, you know, it, it, you know, hopefully the insurance companies do the right thing and, 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 you know, um, support these small businesses that, that, that make made claims, um, if it meets their, if it meets the, the terms of the contract. So, um, and then finally, um, I just wanted to also point out, I wanted to point out two more, uh, optional coverages that business owners should need to consider, especially um, them operating, you know, from home now, right? Um, I mean, I'm just going to quickly mention them. Uh, and then, you know, if people want to talk to me more about it, they could. Um, one is your home-based insurance policies. Uh, your, as a homeowner, of course, if you have homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance, there is certain exclusions and certain gaps that, um, that speak to you um, um, not being covered when you have, when you operate a business from your home. So you just got to understand that and make sure you, ha- you secure home based insurance that covers those gaps. Okay. And then finally, 
you know, we are living in a virtual world. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we I'm uh, recording this, uh, this 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 podcast uh, yeah. through a virtual environment, and so you know, there is situations where um, you know folks are prone to cyber breaches and cyber liability issues, and so you know, getting securing a, a cyber liability policy is definitely very important. And and I could have a whole discussion on what does that what does that entail. Um, but what folks need to understand is that if you're dealing with people's personal identify, uh, you know, personal identification information, right, uh, PIIs, you need to have a uh, cyber liability data breach insurance policy, right? Um, if you're collecting c- credit cards, right, and storing them, storing them on your servers, if you're collecting social security numbers, uh, um, addresses, and all this all these, these type of uh, identification information, you need to have cyber liability data breach insurance without a question. I mean, you're talking about thousands and hundreds of thousands of fines if a data breach used to happen, not only from your clients, um, but also from the government. So keep that in mind. I think that's really important because like you said, a lot of us have been forced to now, you know, move our businesses to our, you know, to our homes. And with everything going on, it looks like many of us will continue to be working from home for the foreseeable future. And I can guarantee that many people have had no idea of this, you know, insurance, this cyber insurance that they needed to have. And in, in, in this cyber, uh, some, some cyber liability insurance, um, it, sometimes it's included as a, uh, as a part of a professional liability policy. Um, but to a certain extent, right? You know, the limits tend to be lower when they're included. Um, so you, you, if you, depending on how much uh, customer data you have, um, you need to probably get your own separate policy. And they're not expensive. You know, you're not talking about a lot of money, but uh, you're talking about something that could save your business to the extent of the data breaches. It happens. Like, say, for example, example would be, um, especially now. I mean, I find myself, you know, you know, almost a victim of this. Uh, I have so much things in my, in my workplace that, and, and so much things going on that sometimes I send, um, you know, it haven't happened to me, but you know, I, I, I potentially can send, uh, the customers, uh, wrong customers information to a wrong person. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then if that, if that happens, right, that's a cyber breach situation where, you know, you have to make sure you, pro- you take the proper steps to inform the client and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they co- it becomes expensive. No, I, I mean, I think I'm really happy that you brought that up because I think that that's something that a lot of people just didn't, you know, realize um, because as we are all scrambling to try to continue working and making money and starting new businesses and whatnot or taking, you know, our businesses, you know, to the home front, um, you know, I don't think many people, one, probably don't understand whatever uh, insurance policy they do have for this. And two, I think many people just don't they don't think about the insurance aspect when it comes to starting their own business or, you know, or bringing their business to the home front. Right. Right. We, we deal with, um, a lot of MBEs. Uh, I'm, uh, my agency is MBE certified. Uh, so all, the city, um, so often reaches out to me to uh, help, um, folks, um, secure insurances in order to, um, fulfill a contract. Right. And, um, what what's 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 I'm, what I'm finding is that you know the lack of education as far, as far as what you know people need in, in terms of insurance as it relates to their business uh, the basic un- the, um, um, understanding people don't know and so it's my duty to make sure that I, I educate them and, and properly guide them 
um, in order to make sure that, uh, you know, not only they're meeting the, the qualifications for a city contract, but also um, they're considering other risks outside of what the, the city re requires, uh, other policies that, you know, could, could, you know, could help them transfer risk that, you know, they, they, they didn't, didn't consider, right? And so that's, that's been my, my, my job for three and a half years now in terms of this capacity as a, uh, a small business owner myself. Uh, and we're running the an insurance, a boutique insurance agency. Okay. Now I know you said there was one more um, tool, business tool, I guess, for these small to mid-sized business, or did we cover them all? Yeah, we, we covered them all, but if you, if <laughs> you know, I could always add a, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but, but one of the things, uh, one of the things I want to talk about though, you know, if, if, if I may, you know, Rita, if you may, I may time. I'll grant you a couple more minutes. <laughs> a couple more minutes. <laughs> One of the things, you know, you hey, you gave me a platform, Rita. You know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I know. it's good though. But I, I just wanted to make sure that you know, I just want to. My, my main goal with this discussion is really want to inform folks on various different angles of this whole insurance world, right? Uh, from an individual side, from a small business side, and how to how to in, in, how to make the, the these products work for you uh, uh there is we we you know there, we do many many different different products depending on what your need is we have we we have something for you we just we, we just have to adjust it a little bit but we have something for you one of the things i want to mention and, and the reason i want to mention and especially in the whole covid 19 pandemic world we see people losing their lives um we see business owners um trying to understand how to you know get um, get their business back when somebody dies, right? If you have a partnership situation, you definitely have to reach out to me and, and talk to me about uh, key man uh, life insurance policies or a buyback agreements, right? Because uh, let's say some, you know, people die, people are unfortunately losing their lives left and right now. If one of them happened to be a partner at a, uh, at a company, right? And it's a key person at the company, do do the their, their other partner want to deal with the family as opposed you know and when, when it comes to decision making because that's what's going to happen right then um you know they, if, if they don't have the proper will estate planning set in place uh and then, or, or they don't have a, a key man life insurance policy that pay uh the firm the well which is, the, the policy is owned by the firm but with the pay pay the firm a replacement in terms of income that they would potentially lose from not having this key person, it becomes very difficult to navigate the business into in, in success as you dealing with the the, the, the family of the lost um, lost person and also the fact that you're losing income um, because the, the, that, that person has, 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 has passed away. And so you, as, as a, a partnership company, need to understand what is your succession plan uh, what is your, um, how does that look like when somebody, um, God forbid, passes away from COVID-19 situation? So, um, you know, we could get all in, uh, all into that conversation at a later time, but um, this is part of a life insurance policy for businesses where, where businesses own. So we talked about how life insurance could help individuals, but let's understand that life insurance policies could significantly help business owners. Okay. Well, George, I think you definitely gave us a lot of information to process, to think about whether we're individuals looking for 
you know, life insurance for ourselves or whether we're businesses who are currently struggling, you know, during this pandemic, um, I think it definitely gave us some insight. And so I really, really want you to share your information because I'm pretty sure people are going to, you know, have some follow-up questions. This information was really thorough, but for those who are actually interested in moving forward now and obtaining, you know, these types of insurances, how can we get in contact with you? All right. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, they could certainly reach out to me via Instagram, uh, Harlem Insurance. Again, it's Harlem Insurance. And my, my office number is 212-920-6935, 212-920-6935. And uh, my website is www.santeus, S-A-I-N-T-E-U-S, dot agency. All right. Okay. Antius dot agency. Uh, and then, uh, of course, if, 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 you, if you, anyone wants to email me, uh, they could email me at uh, info uh, at Santias dot agency. OK. All right. Well, thank you, George, so much again for just making the time and sharing this really important information. You know, I life insurance and insurance is period. You know, these are things that we should, you know, already have in place. But I think this pandemic has definitely woke woken a lot of us up as to, you know, <laughs> what are the next steps? How do we protect ourselves? Right. So I think it's definitely shook us up a little bit. So I know a lot of people are looking to obtain insurances and to set, you know, set these things up. So thank you again for just sharing your knowledge and expertise and giving us an opportunity to also, you know, get in contact with you and, and pick your brain a little more with respect to, you know, um, the whole, you know, the, the field of insurance. So thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm uh, definitely passionate, uh, passionate about uh, really g- generational wealth transfer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and me uh, having a product like life insurance um, that I could uh, educate the community on, uh, so that they could pass, uh, you know, wealth to their kids uh, is very, very important to me. And um, as well as uh, some of the organizations that I'm involved with, such as the National Black MBA Association, which I just wanted to plug that in real quick. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) Great organization, though. I've been a part of a lot of their events, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And with that being said, we will talk to you all next week. You are listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online. WJMSRadio.com. Download the new app. Live 365. Listen to the show anywhere. Anywhere, anytime. Download it now. Thank you.